Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Netflix and Swill podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Uh, and, and I'm a man who's a sinner, but maybe not really a sinner. Maybe I'm just dying for no fucking reason. And I am getting on a choo-choo train. Toot-toot. Gonna go on a long trip for 18 years and then crash. That that doesn't sound good. This is foreshadowing. That's that's true. Uh, how are you, friend? I'm doing all right. Just uh, still, still working a lot. Still, uh, still busy. But looking forward to some downtime around the holidays here. Um, had a bit of a bummer this week. Our uh, our pet rabbit passed away the other day. Oh, who uh, we've had him for like. Seven or eight years, he moved from Pennsylvania with us, and mm-hmm. just a just a cool little guy. But yeah, he was he was getting up there and didn't seem like he was doing too well. So, well, I'm sorry. Eh, it's all right. It happens. It's uh, part of being a a pet owner. But uh, fortunately, we found a a cremation service and we're getting like a little memorial form. We were going to like just bury him in the park mm. cause it's nice over there, but I didn't like the idea of him just, I don't know. It's sentimental, but I just didn't like the idea of him being alone. I wanted him to be able to take him with us cause he was a, a cool little guy. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, how about you? What's new with you? Well, on, I think it was Friday, my boss was like, hey, so uh, good news, everyone, uh, dot gif. She was like, hey, um, might need you guys to work some weekends and holidays uh, over, you know, the next month. So I'm like, cool, I can do that. I can totally do that. I promise I can do that. Uh, and also continue doing the show. Uh, I will die afterwards, but, you know, it'll be fine. We'll all be fine here. We'll all float on. All right. Already. We'll all float on. Okay. Don't worry, even if things end up a bit too heavy. This song from 2005 ringing any bells to anybody? I backed my car into a cup car the other day. That was a fun karaoke song to do. I'm pretty sure we did that at karaoke when you ran it. Probably. Also, uh, other interesting note, I did not realize you were, and I'm not sure if this is politically correct anymore, I don't think it is, uh, but Eskimo Bros with Chris Yaney. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Tunnel Buddies. Yeah, that's, well, that's what he referred to those. Uh, I just know it as Eskimo Bros because of the league. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm uh Betting that it, her name was a state name. Yeah, Florida. Why is my <laughs> name Florida? 
But yeah, apparently that conversation we had the, the last week or the other week uh, jogged his memory, and he was like, "Yeah, tunnel buddies with Caleb, huh? Cool. That's interesting. The treasure state, huh?" <laughs> well, he said the treasure estate, but uh, thought that was pretty funny. It was a good line, Chris Haney. Well, it's uh, good to see that he also has poor taste. <laughs> Factual. Uh, I don't know. I won't air out all my dirty laundry. Just I uh, I hope that he's safe. Uh, I mean, he's with other another woman now, so. <laughs> I would assume he's safe. I don't know if he's had was the thing she threw at your head. Uh, a laptop and then a poke walker. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't know if he's had either of those things thrown at him, but, uh, you know. Who's to say? Uh, the poke walker was a little step counter that was an accessory for Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver. So that's true. There you go. Got one of them lobbed at me. It's always one of the crazy, like, you're like, yeah, she just threw a Poke Walker at me. I'm like, what? I, I don't understand. I mean, it happens. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a, something that happened to you. And only you. And probably nobody else yeah. in the world. Might be the only person on the planet that that has happened to. Yeah. Uh, that's a shame, though. This has been uh, male, uh, male abuse. Dan Caleb it's not it's not funny I mean it's a little bit funny it's a little bit funny all right well let's kick off the show like we always do with uh, a segment called what's your swill can we please get some alcohol into my mouth he hates these cans stay away from the cans Dan what are you drinking to forget in reality, the show always begins with weird anecdotes from our past. So yeah, that's true. That's that's the true time honored segment. Uh, I am drinking a gin and tonic, but this is not any old gin and tonic with your any old gin. No, I have barrel rested cardinal gin. It's forty two percent alcohol by volume, which means eighty four proof because you multiply by two. Uh, barrel rested cardinal gin is distilled on the botanical. Wait, on the botanical in small batches and is then placed in a newly charred American white oak barrel to rest. We hope you enjoy this rare spirit. What's the weird, weirdly phrased sentence? Uh, so, yeah, I saw that there was a barrel rested gin. I went, that's interesting. Uh, it's only $30. I'll buy this. Bought it. Uh, and it's quite nice. Uh, it's more of a sipping kind of drink. Very nice. But. Uh, it, it reminds me of like flat ginger ale. If you guys know what I mean. Uh, what do you have? Bailey's. Mm, Bailey's, it's creamy. Mm, soft and creamy beige. Uh-huh. Come on, Greg. Do people remember that? No. Uh, I'm drinking Bailey's. As featured in, uh... The Mighty Boosh episode about old Greg, a weird fish man who lives at the bottom of a lake. Uh huh. I don't remember the Mighty Boosh. I never watched the Mighty Boosh because it was one of those weird adult swim things where they had live action stuff. And I'm like, I'm not here for live action shit. And then I walked away. Well, I know what we're doing immediately after this recording. Uh, I wish I had time, but I don't. Have you ever drunk Bailey's from a shoe? No. 
Would you like to go to a club where people will wee on each other? Uh, Also, no. Well, all right. Uh, Let's get into our second segment, uh, which is not news, because we have nothing noteworthy or mentionable to talk about. That's true. Uh, It's going to be downstream where we talk about some trailers. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Our first story is about a Happy Madison's production team that really fucked up. Uh, It's called Home Team. Two years after a Super Bowl, I mean the big game win, where NFL head coach Sean Payton is suspended, he goes back to his hometown and finds himself reconnecting with his 12-year-old son by coaching his Pop Warner... His Pop Warner football team? Yes. What does that mean? Wait, you don't... You've never heard of the phrase Pop Warner football team? Obviously, no. That is a real thing. That is what, like... Little, basically, little league football is called. Oh, we just called it Pee Wee football. Yeah, there, well, there's Pee Wee and then there's Pop Warner. Why is it called that? Yeah. Let's look up who Pop Warner is, and that might tell you. Kevin James is unrecognizable in this movie to people who don't know what Kevin James looks like. <laughs> you know, maybe those people were joking when they said that. Maybe. But also, I, I've been on the internet before, and I can't ever tell when people are joking, so I just take them 100% seriously at all times. But uh, if you think Kevin James is unrecognizable in this movie, please, for the love of God, see an optometrist. That's true. As for the movie itself, it looks like it's going to be fucking garbage. I can't wait to watch it. Well, Rob Schneider makes an appearance in the trailer, so... He he makes yeah bars. You know he makes logs that make them throw up on the opposing team. Funny. Yeah, he makes like his own homemade fucking power bars. Hmm. Yeah. This this is true. This this happens for some reason. Puke is funny. Body <laughs> fluids. Uh, surefire ingredient of physical comedy. I know. So yeah, this looks like garbage. But we we don't have any topics, so of course we're kind of fucking watch this movie. I mean, yes. So prepare yourselves. I just don't know why Kevin James would do this to us. I don't I just don't understand why Kevin James, the largest of the Happy Madison crew, wouldn't just eat every like all the rest of the Happy Madison crew. Yeah. <laughs> why doesn't Ross, the largest friend, not simply eat the other five? You know, at this point, I'm just wishing that Kevin James eats the planet and then we just all die in Kevin James stomach. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Our second trailer is for Brazen. Prominent mystery writer and crime expert Grace, Alyssa Milano, hurries back to her family home in Washington, D.C. because her estranged sister summons her. When her sister is killed and her double life as a webcam performer is revealed, Grace ignores the warnings of cool headed Detective Ed and gets involved in the case. I write about mysteries, therefore I can do the police's job. Yeah, haven't you watched Murder, She Wrote, where the police actively consult Angela Lansbury to help them solve <laughs> the case? Uh, Yeah, this looks dumb. But this doesn't look like fun dumb. This looks like, oh my god, this is painful dumb. Dum 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 dum. Alyssa Milano was an actress. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> uh, true. So yeah, uh, 
here this is if you're interested in it. And here it is if you're not. Like us. Like us. It's true. All right. Uh, next is a trailer for Crime Scene, the Times Square Killer, a playground of pleasure, a killer on the loose. Crime Scene, the Times Square Killer launches globally on Netflix December 29th. Seemingly random acts of brutality shock even the most seasoned NYC homicide detectives, stoking fears of an elusive serial killer operating within 1970s era Times Square, a near lawless sexual playground where forbidden fantasies (laughs) were fulfilled, including murder. That's Uh, hot. I shouldn't laugh at that because people actually died, but also like, okay, Uh, it's true crime garbage. So here's more true crime garbage for you folks. I don't care. Moving on. Uh, Next is World War Two in color road to victory season one. Uh, Gripping historical footage and expert commentary. Give give detailed insights into leading figures and decisive turning points of World War Two. I started turning into Kermit the Frog there, so I leaned into it. Also kind of Carl Sagan-y, like when uh, when they have the Carl Sagan impression on Family Guy where he does uh, Carl's, uh, uh, the Cosmos, but for rednecks. Yeah. As you can see, the universe was created by a god. God. Big gang. As you can see by the bones of this Jesus, Saurus Rex. <laughs> Mountain Dew is the best soda ever made. I don't know. Does this do anything for you? No. Maybe, um, but no. I'm not wildly into like the world war two historical documentary genre but like they keep making these so someone is like i feel like we know all there is to know about world war two at this point like can we learn about other wars like or maybe even genocides of like i don't know the armenian people no i'm vaguely aware that the korean war happened and that's kind of sad for all the people who were involved in that yeah Fuck more Vietnam War shit. Come on. The the wars that everyone hated so bad that people got booed as they came off the fucking planes from uh, over in Vietnam after watching their friends get fucking murdered. I don't know. I watched First Blood. I think that's all I need to know. Uh, That's fair. (laughs) They drew First Blood. Sure. Uh, Our last trailer this week is for The House. Uh, I didn't know how to, like, slam in a joke about the House of the Dead. Whose house? But I guess I could have just gone, the House of the Dead. Whose house? This house. Ron's house. The House. Three visionary tales, one unforgettable place. The House premieres globally January 14th. Uh, from the leading voices in independent stop-motion innovation. An- animation? Why can't I talk? Uh, Emma DeSwaif and Mark Royals, Nikki Lindroth von Barr and Paloma Beza. This uh-huh. Netflix special centers on a house with three surreal tales of the individuals who made it their home. Across different eras, a poor family, an anxious developer, and a fed-up landlady become tied to the same mysterious house in this animated dark comedy. Uh, what they don't tell you in that description is that one of the main inhabitants of the house is a people. One of them is a cat, and one of them is a mouse. One of them is a people. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, this looks trippy. This looks weird. Uh, I'm all here for it. At least yeah. it's trying something. In terms of trippiness, it looks like it's somewhere between Coraline and what did Jack do? Oh, oh, oh you, I forgot about what did Jack do for a hot minute. Thank <laughs> you for reminding me of that nightmare fuel. To Tarabon! <laughs> oh, man, that has some real fucking address unknown vibes. Do you remember the fucking address unknown, like secret hidden side story in like the first two Max Payne games? I've never played Max Payne. Ah, oh, man, you're missing out. Max Payne 2 is fucking phenomenal. But uh, yeah, in like as you go throughout the game, there's uh, like you'll just pass by a TV that's like playing some random shit. So, like, you can kind of piece together the stories of what's going on in the shows by, um, like, stopping and watching, like, each time you see one of them come up. So, like, one of them is uh, a soap opera called Lords and Ladies. And one of them is uh, a thing called Address Unknown, which is, like, basically they're riffing on Twin Peaks. Where it's, like, this guy is going crazy and, like, chasing his doppelganger through, like, uh like a twisted version of New York city. And there's like mm -hmm. a pink flamingo that talks to him, but he talks like the, the guy in the red room from twin peaks where they like record him talking backwards and then like reverse it. So it's like this weird stilted speech. Uh huh. Yeah, it's real cool. Okay. Love, I love Max Payne. I'm praying you don't look at the schedule here in a minute. Uh Oh, <laughs> I, okay, so uh, for those of you playing at home, uh, on on January first of our the year of our Lord twenty twenty two, Jack and Jill comes to Netflix. Uh, so therefore, we all know what that means. Uh, if you're new here, it means it's a cautionary tale of Netflix where we're going to watch and review this piece of garbage. I don't know. At least I'll get to talk about Dunkachino for a half hour. Oh, my God. We're only going to talk about <laughs> Dunkachino, aren't we? <laughs> Does that mean his name is Alpachino? You remember Alpachino from Tropic Thunder? Yeah. Where his first name is Alpa and then his last name was Chino. But I think he had like the scent as the C. Yeah, I think so. I need to rewatch Tropic Thunder. One of my favorite things about that movie is how, like, Robert Downey Jr.'s character in it, he's like, I don't drop character until I do the DVD commentary. So, like, if you watch the DVD commentary, it's him doing the character. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's great. That movie yeah. is has so many, like, little meta jokes hidden in it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I love it a lot. All right. Uh, well, with that, let's get into some quick hits. So, what did you watch outside of our regularly scheduled programming, Dan? Uh, that's a tremendous question. What did I watch? Uh, vamping. This is me vamping. Uh, vamping. Uh, I watched Spider-Man Far From Home, which you can check out a special report over on our feed right now uh, with me and Paul from The Countdown, where we, we kind of talk about it, and I try to figure out how I feel about it. 
we were mostly successful in doing that, that second part. I'm almost there to viewing activity. All right. Uh, I watched uh, Malcolm and Marie and the power of the dog again, uh, because it's the end of the year. And it's that time where I rewatch everything that I've watched this year in order to be like, yo, did I like this? And uh, I can say for both movies. Yes. I actually think the power of the dog works better on a second watch, mainly because like, I think we talked about it during our review too, but like it does a very good job of foreshadowing a lot of stuff that's going to be happening and a lot of character decisions that happen. So, uh, rewatch knowing that, you know, everything, uh, it, it makes for a good time. And if you uh, haven't even watched it in the first place, recommend it. Good movie. All right. And, uh, I watched two more episodes of dogs in space and my life slip away and that's it. Wait, are you saying you watch two episodes of your life slip away or just you watch your life slip away? I watched my life slip away, I guess. Okay. No, that's fair. Sorry to hear that. All right. Uh, so with that existential dread creeping in, it's time to cut into a quick break. And when we come back from said break, it'll be time to talk about our main review topic for the week. Hellbound. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons, Gerald Morris, Bill Sutton, Nick Haskins, Ashley, the Bubby Gorski, Ben Kiefer, Paul Prezula, Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy Della Rosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, Casey Moore, The Nerd Revert, and Dan's Mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at netflixandswill.com slash Patreon. Buy some shit. Visit netflixandswill.com slash merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit netflixandswill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter. Welcome back, everybody. Cable's time to get in our main review topic for the week, Hellbound. Hellbound, or original title Jiok, is a Korean crime drama fantasy film or series. Uh, it's a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, people hear predictions on when they die. When that time comes, a death angel appears in front of them and kills them. Uh, the stars Yu Ahin, Kim Hyun-ju, and Jong Min Park. And is directed by Yan Song-ho. I know you love hearing me try to I pronounce do. Korean names. So they're fantastic. There it's, it's always fantastic. I love it. Uh, what did you think of Hellbound? I don't think it's particularly good. I, I don't I, like it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but like also uh, after three episodes that uh, we, we had to take a break because, you know, we were, it was about bedtime. And I was just like, man, if I don't ever get back to this, I'll be okay. <laughs> I'll be fine never getting back to this show. Of course, I finished it, but even still, I was like, uh, I'm not vibing with this. Yeah, I'll, uh, it's going to be a short review then. Uh, this did not really grab my attention. Um, I don't know. I think the, the creature design's kind of lame, honestly. Like, I think mm -hmm. that they, uh, could have hit it a bit more like I get that it's supposed to just be like this unstoppable force that just like 
you know, forces its way into our world or whatever. But like, I would have liked to see them a, a bit more shrouded in mystery and not just like these lumbering giants right out in the street. I don't know, like the the death angel head thing that appears is kind of neat. But yeah, it just kind of just kind of happens. I don't know. There's like a really weird uh, a guy streaming on Teen Talk Live. Oh, OK, uh, we, which we is the talk worst about fucking part of the show. It's Skullhead is the worst part of the show. Uh, it got to the point where the second time he showed up on screen, I fucking muted the television and just let the subtitle do the work. It's like, yeah, they're just doing this now. Yeah, I despise that man. So broad strokes. There's a cult that thinks this thing that's happening is the will of God and that people are being punished for their sins. Um. And then there's a group called Arrowhead that is uh, sort of like enablers of it. Like they're trying to mete out God's justice according to like what they think is God's will. So they'll like just show up in force and like beat the shit out of people. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just like. They're just like gang a gang. Yeah. What was uh, um. Lysander's corporation in um Pokemon uh Team Flare Yeah so like it's like is it is it Team Flare and then Team Galactic Like what's the one where there's um it, it like the the corporation is actually just like a shell it, like the corporation's like the upstanding portion and then you have the the te- the bad team that actually is like oh, that's the in, ones uh, who carry out the the dirty work that's in Sun and Moon. There's uh, Team Skull and uh, oh, what the fuck's the the corporation Macrocosmos, name? I think. No, that's in Sword and Shield. You're you're getting your Pokemon lore mixed up. Goddamn. Uh, it was Lusamine. The company was the Ether Foundation. That's it. But you get my point. It's like it. It kind of felt like that kind of relationship. <laughs> where you know, they wanted to the team and then the legitimate team, but the right. legitimate team is the real bad guys. Right. Exactly. Everyone's focused on Arrowhead being bastard men. Why? Why world hate? And then they have, you know, bastard team where our the, listeners who aren't 12 really just dropped off here. I know. Uh, but you, you get what I mean? It's like there, there's there's that kind of vibe to it. The other big thing that I fucking hated was that it basically switches protagonists like halfway through, like three episodes in. Well, it doesn't just switch the the protagonist. It switches the entire like main cast except for one person. Yeah. Well, also, it does. um, It does a time skip because, of of course, it does, because Mm -hmm. like we need to get to the future where uh, what the fuck new everybody has accepted that this is happening. Yeah. What's that fucking day? the new day oh it's a new the new, day the yes, new, it is. i think it's the new dawn but yeah that's it the new day is uh, a wrestling promotion so i thought that that would be a funny joke that you would uh enjoy uh, well that's why i said it's a new day yes it is <laughs> but yeah i didn't care <laughs> you know like i just don't i don't think this is particularly good because like it it starts you off with you know here's this lawyer chick Here's this cop. 
They're trying to stop New Dawn before uh, the Zero Dawn happens, where this woman's fucking execution basically gets put live on television. And then it gets put live on television. And everyone's like, oh, my fucking God, this is the realest thing I've ever fucking seen in my entire life. And then everything goes haywire and, and you know, people get threatened and people die. Yeah. And it's just it's just some wild fucking shit. So, yeah, uh, back to me describing what this is. So, like, you have those two groups. The arrowhead is like the the skull head guy is uh, part of that, I guess. But he's like, I guess, a mouthpiece who uses streaming and social media to like spread their message yep uh so he wears like a skull hat with a a pink wig and has his face painted in like black light paint and he like streams under a black light so he just glows and uh screams about how god's coming to god's gonna cut you down uh so like whenever somebody is like marked for like to go to hell or whatever. Um, they'll see like this, like disembodied, like head thing floating somewhere. The floating head. The say, giant floating yeah. head. We'll pray to them. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Edward free now so, to rise. All pre-existing religions. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to go, uh, pray to the thing that's literally controlling the fucking weather. <laughs> Headward free now to rise. <laughs> it really is just that. <laughs> and then, like, after the allotted time passes, uh, these three, like, smog demons show up and uh, beat the fuck out of the person and then incinerate them in a flash of light. Demons suck out. It's basically just stole the plot from fucking Rick and Morty. They just watched a bunch of Rick and Morty episodes. Just went, hey, how much of this can we lift without anybody fucking noticing? And then they, then they just did it. But yeah, I don't know. So everybody thinks like, oh, these people are sinners. They're evil. They did something to deserve this uh, with no real like evidence that that's the case, I guess. It's obviously supposed to be like about how. Uh, like whenever there's something unexplainable, we immediately move to religion and that kind of stuff. But like you have the people comparing it to, you know, natural disasters, which is like, well, I mean, that's basically what this is, is a natural disaster. But, you know, religion has this religion has put like a cause behind it, which actually turns out to be fucking bullshit because the creator of the religion was just like, Hey, I need some way to profit off of this in my 20 years uh, where I randomly received a fucking uh, decree 20 years ago that I was going to die. And I need to put like like pen to paper and be like, hi, this is what what's happening. So that way I lived in a more just society. And everyone's like, well, this is awful. Yeah. Uh, and then the second half takes place four years afterwards. And you have everyone accepting of the new dawn. Uh, <laughs> Fade to uh, black. Five years later. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, of course, a baby. Well, I mean, the the doctrine is that, you know, only sinners receive the decrees. And if uh, you're a sinner, you should confess in front of everybody because that's how it works. And they there's this one commercial where they have like this little girl being like, my dad's a sinner. And he deserves to go to hell. And the one producer is like, we sure about this? We sure we want to be having like a five year old fucking saying her dad deserves to die because he's a fucking sinner. And everyone's like, how could you say something like this? How cheap, how cheap human life is when it's not our own that we're talking yeah. about. 
And then uh, a baby gets the fucking decree and it's like, hey, this is like the thing that will prove that their religion is bullshit. If we just say if we just let this baby get fucking murdered, uh, like I was was really, (laughs) really hoping this baby I was really hoping just like these fucking smog monsters would come out of nowhere and just start beating the fuck out of this baby. I was like. (laughs) I wanted to see if they would go there out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> of course, they pull the punches and they have the parents take the brunt of it. And then they get incinerated and they pr- they protect the baby with their bodies, which, like, I guess is a sweet moment. But it ultimately left me disappointed because I'm like, uh, I didn't get to watch them punch the fuck out of this baby. Does that make me a bad person? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think we all were kind of hoping for it, honestly. So, yeah, um, I feel like if you're watching a show that I don't want to say lampoon, but, you know, criticizes religion in a much better way. Uh, Midnight Mass is the show for you. I, I don't feel like this show does anything too much that cri- like it does criticize religion, but it doesn't do it strongly enough. Uh, Midnight Mass does it infinitely better. And I, I recommend that show pretty highly. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say? No, not really. Uh, what would All you right. rate this? It's like a two. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah, I, I want it to be good. Uh, I, you know, you see director of Train to Busan, you're expecting something, you know, yeah. deep and so. No. Uh you're thinking of our. Our next thing that we're talking about was the director of Train to Busan. No, that wasn't him. Or no, no, this Bong Joon Ho does uh, Parasite. That's it. I'm getting my Korean films mixed, mixed up. I promise you, Hellbound is from the director of Train to Busan. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Ah, shit. Yeah, disappointing. Very disappointing. Oh, this guy did Psychokinesis. I think I remember you watching that one time. Maybe? It's a Netflix original, or at least distributed by Netflix here in America. So, I'm sure one of us watched it at some point. And I feel like it was you. Mm. Uh, So yeah, there's that. Uh, I guess it's now time to move into uh, a patron-requested review for Snowpiercer. Well, fine, if you don't want my money... You mean, if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patreon review segment. All right, Snowpiercer is a 2013 action drama sci-fi movie. Uh, It's a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb and directed by Bong Joon-ho, who made Parasite, as I just remembered. Uh, in a future where a failed climate change experiment has killed all life except for the survivors who boarded the Snowpiercer, a train that travels around the globe, a new class system emerges. Uh, the stars Chris Evans, Jamie Bell, and Tilda Swinton. Who's Jamie Bell? Edgar. Uh, also Ed Harris. Also and, Ed Harris. And John Hurt, uh, who is the best actor who ever lived. And uh, all- Octavia Spencer. Also, uh, the teacher is uh, the drummer Hill. from 
uh, from from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yep. You got a fucking dart in your neck, man. Uh, that's uh, a spoiler. That is. Uh, so you've never seen this before. I have seen this before uh, and I've seen it. So I, I've seen it twice now uh, to the point. So I feel like I can speak on this pretty authoritatively, despite the fact that I have not seen it uh, in a bit. So what did you think of Snowpiercer? It's. It's OK. Uh huh. Um, that is the correct answer. So whenever this movie starts, there's about like eight production company. Like title, <laughs> like cards. Um, and I was like, oh, no, that's never a good sign. <laughs> that's uh, that is true. It, and then it comes up directed by Bong Joon-ho. And I was like, oh, well, maybe. And uh, in reality, it was like. Just OK, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, you know how I don't like the Matrix? Yes. Uh, this reminded me of why I, I don't like the Matrix, because it's like. In the Matrix, it's like, oh, the machines are going to capture humans and power themselves off of the the energy that the human body generates. But they also have to feed. Humans. And like recycle human bodies to make food for the humans and stuff. So like. How are they getting as much energy out of that system as they're putting into it. It's like a perpetual motion thing and like mm-hmm. is a flagrant disregard for the first law of thermodynamics. Uh, Snowpiercer is exactly the same. Why? The, why does the train go around the world? Oh, no. I, oh, no. It's Nick all over again. Uh, uh It just does, man. It just does. I, I don't, you know, I'm not here to say or care why it does what it does. It just does the thing. So I go, okay. And I move on. Yeah. You know, I, I, I give every universe one thing I go, okay, I will give you the one thing that you just like wave your hand and you say, it's okay. That's the one thing in this universe in the, a quiet place universe. It's the, the waterfall is maybe 200 yards from their house and they could just move the house to the waterfall. Uh, I don't care that much about one thing. Yeah, I guess. I'm sorry, continue. I don't know. This also it like it's like the platform that Netflix movie we watched, except mm-hmm. it's horizontal. So yeah, it's the same well, like the people at the back of the train are the lowest members of society. Oh, yeah. And the people at the front are the very highest members of society, and they have to go up through. And take the power back from the man. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it uh, for my piece. Uh, my my opinion, because I haven't watched it recently, uh, hasn't changed. Uh, I think the cinematography is some of the worst fucking shit in this movie possible. The action yeah. is shot like garbage. Uh, they do that 2013 thing where they do snap zooms, despite the fact that it's not a documentary. They just do snap zooms in a narrative film. And I'm just confused about who thinks that's a fucking good idea because it doesn't look good in anything. Is in Man of Steel. Think it looked like shit there. It's in this movie. Looks like shit here. Uh, I, and I've seen it since then, where they do snap zooms to other shit. Like, like, hey, we're focusing. What was um? I'm trying to remember it, but I can't remember now. But like, there there was something I watched this year that had a fucking snap, snap zoom. And I fucking rolled my eyes so hard that it detached my retinas. So like, stop with the snap zoom in a narrative movie. It doesn't work. It's it's stupid looking, and it makes it look fucking 
cheap and dumb. But yeah, you're you're right. The 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 movie the the plot is serviceable. It's about the the people at the back who want what the people in the front want. It's it's the the one percent movement. Uh, you know, uh, f- fuck the fuck the one percent. Give me the ninety nine wanting all their shit. And just, I, I don't know, man. It's it's a movie that is about classism. Uh, it, you know, it it's what it is. I I don't know what anyone wants to, me to say here. Like you know. I'm not a big fan of classism movies because I I don't feel like they say anything new. They're they're just like conk you over the fucking head that like, hey, this is our fucking theme. Our theme is about classism. Do you get it? Do you get it? Are you absorbing the classism in our movie? The people in the front eat sushi and the people in the back eat bugs and each like, other. Yeah, I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get why anyone likes these kind of movies. I did think it was pretty metal whenever Chris Evans said that he knows what people taste like and he knows that babies taste the best. (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Then you have, um, what the, the door cracker character who breaks open the doors and then mm-hmm. Ed Harris is like, Hey, I want you Chris Evans to lead us into the future. And Chris Evans is like, I don't know. I don't know about this. Maybe I should just wreck the fucking train. And then, you know, yeah. two people, he finally gives up his arm. Did you get it? Did you get his character arc? Right. Uh, and then, and then the two young characters from the show, uh, walk out into the wasteland potentially the only two people who are uh, on planet Earth at this point. Uh, yeah, and ready I, was, to I was real bummed out that they killed all the manta rays. Yeah. So, I mean, because the uh, train it, full on crashes in the middle of the frozen wilds. I was really hoping Aloy would show up and be shooting a fucking robot dinosaur yeah. with a bow and arrow. And then and then like their big hope for the end is they see a polar bear and it's like, oh, no, the last two humans are about to be devoured. All right. Like, do, you, do you not understand that he, that polar bears are horrific and will murder the fuck out of you? I guess not, because you've yeah. been on this train for how long? I don't know. I, also, like, the premise of it's kind of weak. That, like, oh, we froze the planet trying to fix global warming. Like, we just decided to deploy this thing en masse instead of doing, like, a test case. Yeah. I guess they panicked and were like, oh, my God, we only have like 30 seconds until global warming kills us all or something. <laughs> the global warming is going to happen two days before the day after tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, shit, that's today. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, you know, Snowpiercer, it's it's definitely not one of my favorites. Uh, I I willingly chose to not watch it because I truly believe that uh, my life will be enriched by not rewatching that movie ever again. Well, thanks for making me watch it then. Paul picked it and it happened to be on US Netflix. And I was like, well, Caleb's never seen it. I want him to understand. Your suffering. Well, not my suffering, because I think it's an average movie. Like it, it it does exactly what it says on the tin. And then we move on. It's just that the style of the time doesn't necessarily work for me. Which was the style at the time. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, uh, it's a movie you should probably see once. Uh, determine if you're a person that likes subtle movies or like if you're a person that likes subtle movies, don't watch this movie because it fucking clubs you over the head with how unsubtle it is. 
Uh, but if you're a person who loves unsubtle movies, this is all you, baby. Okay. Uh, I rated a two. Oh, yeah, that's pretty low. I'm going two and half. Sorry, Paul. I know you like this movie a lot, uh, but I, I fucking I think we both had the same conclusion on it. Uh, subtlety, please. No money down. Destroy the Sith? No, dead younglings. <laughs> uh, some of my favorite Star Wars memes. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, next week on the show, it is The Witcher Season 2 time. That's right. Uh just came out uh, over the weekend. A lot of people have already finished it. Uh, I haven't even started because I have no time to start right now. Uh, we'll be joined by Sam Hurley. He boy Hurley of movie reviews and 20 Qs. He now understands that reference. Uh, and on the back half of that, we will have a patron requested review for till death, uh, a Megan Fox movie requested to us by Gerald. So uh, we all know this is going to be fucking bad. Yeah, we know why he picked it. He promises it's good. I promise I don't believe him. <laughs> well, tell him stuff, Dan. You can find the show at Netflix and Swell.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swell. Hey, check us out on Spotify. Apparently, they have now added a rating system for podcasts, so you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. That doesn't mean those of you who use Apple Podcasts or Podchaser to review the, your, your podcast in Slack because we've been missing some reviews over there too. So fucking do it. Review our fucking podcast, people. Yeah, and while you're doing that, buy shirts and leggings. Only leggings, no shirts. We, I'll delist everything but sh- but fucking leggings on Redbubble. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. And uh, check out their new album. What's the name of that album, Dan? Uh, it's just a single, it's called Pyroclasm. Oh, I thought they did, uh, I thought they did an album release recently. No, just Pyroclasm. Yeah, well, check that out. And until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.